Well, hello, everybody. I am so glad that you are at church today. I want to say welcome. Welcome to all those watching online. My mom watches online every week, so hello, mom, as well as people from all over the world and all over the country, so we're glad you're tuning in. If you're watching online, would you drop us an email or fill out the welcome card? Let us know that you're watching and where you're watching from. I wanna say hi to everybody at West End. If you're down at Washington Avenue and Shepherd Drive, be sure if you're new to go by and see Abe. He'd love to say hi to you. And then uh, Chad Harold's down at our Missouri City campus. He's our lead pastor there. We have so many new people coming to Missouri City, so please go by and see Chad if you're new. He'd love to make friends with you, buy you a coffee, hang out, everything. Well, we're in Las Vegas, Nevada. We've been here for the last couple of weeks, so if you tuned in, last week, you kind of caught the drift. We thought, what better place than Sin City than to talk about temptation for the last two weeks of this series? And so we thought we'd come out here. We made great friends with a great church in Southwest Vegas named the Crossing Church. And the people here, the staff here, and the pastor here, Shane, have been amazing to us. I don't know why they've treated us so kindly, but we thought, man, we'd go out and talk to people and do some things in the city, but we needed a place to kind of uh, uh, do these sermons. And so here we are, and we're so grateful for them as we finish up this Temptation series. If you missed any of this, you can catch it on our YouTube channel. We'd love for you to get caught up. Well, we've been talking about temptation because it's a big deal. Now, the reason behind this series is sort of the, 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 we're predicating this on the notion of you want to resist temptation. You don't want to succumb to temptation. You want to be delivered from temptation. Now, some people don't want that, and there are certain times in all of our lives that we don't even care about that, and we just kind of do whatever we want. But over the last few weeks, we've been talking about basically three enemies of the soul. Three enemies of the soul. The three enemies of the soul are the devil, which I believe is a real foe for us, the flesh, and the world. So we have these three-pronged attack to us, the devil, our flesh, and the world that we're doing about. And if we don't have the proper tools, if we don't understand the war that we're in, then all of a sudden we'll just lose our way and end up doing whatever we want. Now remember, I've said this, it's hard to believe, but I've said this, all sin is destructive. And left to our own devices, we don't normally drift toward a healthy thing. We don't drift toward a healthy relationship or healthy, healthy eating habits or healthy anything. Left to our own. We need direction. We need guidance. So that's why we're talking about this, so that we don't fall into the trap of just living out what we want to do. It's like for me, you know me, I've confessed this so many times. The latest thing I'm into is cupcakes. And uh, my eating has been really the most difficult thing that we have, have going on. Talk about temptations with food. I love sugar and sweets. And my latest thing is these cupcakes I've been getting. And, or, or, and, uh, and I, I'm trying to lose weight, but I see that cupcake and I can make sense out of why that cupcake is a meal replacement. And um, I can eat that cupcake. It's sort, of, it's sort of, I don't, if I'm not on my game, if I don't really figure out what I'm doing, then I'll just eat whatever I wanna eat and just continue to gain weight and be unhealthy. And so this is the idea behind all kinds of destructive behaviors in our life, and God doesn't want that for us. Listen, if you're here new and you have been thinking about a relationship with God, I want you to think about this idea 
that God has a better plan for your happiness than you do. And this isn't, this idea of temptation isn't just about discipline. It's not about willpower. It's not about human skill. It's not about just being better at resisting. There is a spiritual element that helps us be free, to live free, to not be a slave to our desires. And the Apostle Paul talked a lot about that. Let me remind you what he said in Galatians. He said, so I say to you, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now we're gonna say that out loud together. Everybody on all three campuses and you at home, we're gonna say this verse out loud together. This is your memory verse of the day. You didn't know you were gonna have homework, did you? Here we go, ready? Out loud together, here we go. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And there Paul talks about this idea that our spiritual life our life with God is more powerful than the desires of our flesh. That we, if we walk by the Spirit. Now, John chapter 15 talked a lot about abiding in Christ and surrendering to him. And Paul talks a lot about the fact that we are supposed to pray without ceasing. That we're supposed to walk in the Spirit. So how do we walk in the Spirit? This is difficult to do. This has the connotation to it that we live our lives in a surrendered, humble way daily so that we have an ever-present sense of God being with us. That we don't put God on a shelf to Sunday or we don't relegate religion or relationship with God to certain parts of our life. But there's this real important battle going on. And that this idea, now you'll have to test this out for yourself because it's all theory until you live it out. But Paul's saying, if we'll walk in dependence of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that dwells within every believer, this is how it works. If you come to a place in your life and you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose again, and you believe that for you and you give your life to Christ, you're forgiven. And what we're told is the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us, that we are the temple of God. And so what that means is that God's not some far off uh, person that's going to provide us help from time to time, that he's with us. And he's in the battle with us if we'll be aware of him, if we'll walk in the spirit. Here's why this is important. He goes on, uh, Paul says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And he kind of restates the battle for us, this battle between the flesh and the spirit. And the spirit is what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so uh, each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. So Paul's redefining freedom for us. And we, we, we tend to think of freedom, I've said this a couple times, but we, we, we tend to think of freedom as doing whatever we want to do. But Paul's saying, no, no. So we're not left to just do what we want to do. Remember from last week, I talked about the idea that human beings have this powerful imagination and we can create an illusion that we believe is true. We can create something that we believe is true that's gonna provide us with happiness. And we chase those things, doing these things, believing they're gonna make us happier. But it's counter to the spirit and God knows what makes us happy. 
So this counterintuitive approach is don't listen to your flesh. It's sort of like the George Costanza of decision-making. Like do almost the opposite. It's like if you want to do it, be careful, man, because you don't want to be driven by the desires of your flesh. You want to be driven by God's Holy Spirit. Doing, ever, doing whatever you want isn't the way to happiness. Doing whatever you want is a trap that will enslave you because you could never do all the things you want to do and be satisfied. It is only the Spirit of God that satisfies the longings of our soul. And Paul talked about this a lot. Look at verse 18. It says, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Then I'm gonna say, you're, not, you're not like, the Bible's not like a rule book that you get this rule book, okay, I gotta do this, 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 the Ten Commandments, good luck with that, you know, those kind of things. Paul's saying, no, so, but if you're left with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, like, okay, God, you get up in the morning and you say, God, I want you to lead me. And as you get into that meeting or you go into that place of um, difficulty for you, that you are led by the Spirit. There's no like outside rule book that you're being led by the law, he says, the acts of the flesh, and then he gives this deal. He wants to make sure you understand what he's talking about, that when our life is led by the flesh, here's some things that can happen. The acts of the flesh are obvious. There's sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Is, have I hit you on the list yet? I mean... This is the idea that when we live our lives by how we feel, the, all kinds of things are possible. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I mean, it's like, do whatever makes you happy. Remember, there was a famous newscaster in Houston, Marvin Zindler, and he would say at the end of his newscast every week, do whatever makes you happy. This is terrible advice. This is terrible advice. What we wanna do is what the Spirit leads us to do because we know that God has our happiness at mind. And he goes on, look at what he says. I warn you, as I did before, that these, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. These things are not like what God has for you. These things are momentary pleasures or fits of rage or outbursts of our emotions. These are not within our control, but God has a better plan. Think about that. What would my life look like if I was led by the Spirit? If I woke up in the morning, surrendered to God's power and surrendered to the Spirit, what would my, how would my decision-making change? How would my thoughts change? How would my perspective change? Could this help our mental health crisis that we have in our country? This idea that every thought that comes into my mind isn't a healthy thought? As those thoughts come into my mind, you know, the thing I struggle with a lot is depression. And depression begins to take hold in my life when I begin to believe a lie about myself. And, and, and I just let that thought go. And I don't take that thought captive, and I, I'm not led by the Spirit, and all of a sudden I have this selfish ambition, and it's being very self-absorbed. And I know many of you struggle with mental health issues, but this is the idea, that these experiences are red flags that we're not walking in the Spirit. But he makes a contrasting list. 
Here's what Paul says in Galatians. He says, but the fruit of the spirit, in contrast to the desires of the flesh, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You should memorize that list. These are not things that you develop. These aren't things that you all of a sudden begin to act out on. These are the fruits of the Spirit. This is what God produces inside of you. You see, if we're gonna be overcomers of temptation and not give in to the desires of the flesh, we're gonna have to become a different person. We can't just hope that God strengthens this person to be able to resist temptation, but we're gonna actually have to change in our character. That's what this list is. It's love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. According to such things, there is no law. There's nothing that can break this. It goes on to say this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, Let's keep in step with the Spirit. Let's, let's keep in step with the Spirit. I'm not gonna be a slave to my desires. I'm not gonna be a slave to sin. I'm not gonna just live out everything I want. Now, this is easier said than done. I wanna be the kind of person that Paul talks about here in terms of being fruit of the Spirit. Notice the difference in these two lists, this list of Fruit of the flesh versus fruit of the spirit. The first list is a list of experiences. These are things that I experience, you know, being self-absorbed or envy or fits of rage or sexual desires that are lived out. But the second list, he talks about the fruit of the spirit, which is what we want. It's a list of character traits, being more loving. Now, again, I know, I know, this is easier said than done. And you know when it gets really difficult is when life gets hard. Because when life gets difficult and hard for us, uh, we just wanna feel better. When we're under stress, we wanna have less stress. We're unhappy, we wanna do something that makes us happy. I was thinking about that, you know, and, and, and it, Jesus was led into the desert when he was tempted. That was on purpose. We were out here in Las Vegas, and I thought, well, let's, let's walk, let's take a walk in the desert. What does it mean to really take a walk in the desert, and why is this such a place for us to be susceptible to temptation? So take a look at our walk in the desert. This is a lot like life, isn't it? It's just a difficult place to be. And life is difficult for all of us. It's no accident that when we read about Jesus being tempted, this was his environment. It was a desert. Because in the desert, what happens is hot, dry, you're miserable. Stinks out here. There's snakes. And you'd do anything for a drink of water, I know. I would. My lips are chapped. I got this awful beard. I mean, seriously. When you get into a situation like this, here's what happens. You're walking through life, and all of a sudden what happens is you'd do anything for a cup of water. You'd do anything to feel better. You'd do anything 
just to have some level of comfort. Wouldn't you love to have some air conditioning right now? Man, I'd love to have some air conditioning right now. And what happens is you get into these desert places and your environment gets harsh. What happens is you become really susceptible. Your values, your convictions, your principles, they all go out the door because all you want is what you want. You just want to feel better, and I do too. This is the most susceptible place you can be as you're walking. That's why it's important that as we're walking through difficult times, we walk in the Spirit. There's something supernatural that can happen in a very natural place like the desert. That's why you got to pay attention to how you feel. It'll sneak up on you like a snake in the desert. It'll sneak up on you. So pay attention to, are you feeling hungry for something? Are you angry about something? Are you lonely? Are you tired? That's the desert. That's the battleground. When you get to that place, man, you're susceptible to all kinds of temptations. So that's why we got to walk in the Spirit. I never wanted to drink a water more than that day. I mean, I love Las Vegas, but I'll take our humidity any day of the week. The desert was a desolate place. We just knew at any moment a rattlesnake was going to come up, and I began to hallucinate out there. I mean, it was hot and dry. And that's kind of how life is, as I mentioned in the, in the desert video there, that you know, when we're walking through difficult times, you know, things happen in our life, and all we can typically think about when we're uncomfortable or when we're hurting is to become comfortable or to find something to make us feel better. So I like this acronym that would help us during those difficult times so we don't succumb to the temptation that we are presented in life. So pay attention to how you feel. Here's the acronym. The first one is HALT. The acronym is HALT. And it stands for, this is an old acronym. I learned this, I think, in college. But you gotta be emotionally intelligent enough to kind of figure out where you are or you won't recognize how precarious your position is spiritually in terms of falling, in terms of succumbing to temptation. Halt means hungry. You're hungry for something. Have you ever been so hungry, you know, you're hangry? Is that what they say? I've been that hungry, where you just, all you can think about is eating food. I get that way with Bluebell ice cream, right? <laughs> like, I want to eat ice cream, and that's all I can think about. I'm hungry. But it doesn't have to be about food. It could be about success, or it could be a, 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 a sexual hunger, or it, it, it could be about some sort of ambition or money or something like that, you're hungry. So pay attention. What are you hungry for? The second one is angry. This is closely related, believe it or not, to fear. So you're angry. You're angry. So pay attention. Are you angry? This is when you're most susceptible to temptation because you're going to lash out in anger and make rash decisions and do something that you're going to regret later. The third one is lonely. And we live, and since really the pandemic accentuated this idea, that we live separated lives. And, and I think all of us at some point struggle with loneliness, some more than others. And maybe you're single, and you're lonely, and you want to get married, or, or, or maybe you're married and you're lonely, or maybe you're working so hard 
You're disconnected with real people and you're lonely. Maybe you're not in a group or a small group. You don't feel like you have a family that understands you. I don't know what's going on, but loneliness is really a difficult place that you can walk into that makes you so, so uh, um, susceptible to temptation. Because when you're really that lonely, all you wanna do is not be lonely anymore. This is where affairs start. This is where just all kinds of things happen in our lives out of loneliness. And the last one is tired. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. And the more tired we get, the more we want rest or we want to let our hair down. We want to do something. So you got to be careful about the environment that you're in. You got to be emotionally smart. If you're going to overcome temptation, if you're going to really fight this thing and you're going to walk in the spirit, you got to pay attention to what's going on in your heart and in your mind and your soul. So you got to figure out, are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? Are you all these things? Well, wait, wait, take a time out. Don't keep walking down that desert road. You, 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 if you're not careful, you'll just try to solve the most immediate problems. And God doesn't want you to do this on your own. He wants you to walk in the spirit. He doesn't want you to just be self-disciplined and try harder. He wants you to surrender, to be honest, to be transparent with him. If you're hungry or angry or lonely or tired, to talk to God and talk to other people about where you are. This is the best uh, hope you have of allowing the spirit to uh, make a difference in your life and not just make a decision based on what you want. Here's what Paul says in Ephesians. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, Put on the full armor of God. So God's given us an armor. I'm just gonna run through this really quick so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Like when you understand you're walking in the desert and the circumstances around you are difficult and you're gonna just wanna feel better, be careful. Put on the full armor of God so you don't succumb to this. And he listed, he says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. This isn't about our flesh, but it's against the rulers and the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So there's this spiritual battle going on and if God can, can uh, get you to just surrender to him and follow him, man, the schemes of the devils and the powers of this world won't have the ability to get you off track or to wreck your life. He lists this specifically. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God that we that when that day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with, the, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith with which you can ex extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You see the vivid imagery that, that Paul's using here to talk about, hey, we're in a battle here, but it's not a battle against flesh and blood. So he's given us these spiritual weapons to help us. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right? And then he finishes by saying, and the pray in the spirit with all and on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert, pay attention, 
pay attention and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people because we need to help each other and encourage each other and hold each other up. You're not going through this alone. So I don't want you to give up the battle. I want you to win from day to day. Understand that you're vulnerable, especially if times are tough, especially if you're in one of those categories of halt, hungry, angry, if you're lonely or tired. And so be a seeker of truth, the gospel of peace, right? That Jesus' death and resurrection has got to mean something in your daily life. So don't live defeated. We, we don't have to do this on our own. We don't have to try to live this on our own, but we can walk in the spirit. We can walk in the spirit and the breastplate of righteousness can protect us and our faith and dependence on God can help us and we can get out of this desert. Now I know we make mistakes and, um, and that we're, we're not perfect at this, but God is full of grace. And God wants to take away all your shame. And wherever you are today in your journey, you can start by surrendering your life to God and following him. Don't compromise. Don't just do the things that make you feel better. I love this passage. One of my favorite passages is 1 John. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God is patient with us. And he wants us to live a victorious life that's humble and dependent upon him. So walk in the spirit, be alert, and figure out where you are emotionally. God is so merciful and he wants to give you victory. So don't succumb to the, the arrows, these flaming arrows, but walk in the spirit and pray all kinds of prayers. If I were to tell you, just in ending here, how how to get started with this. Wake up in the morning and pray and pray all day. Pray without ceasing. Pray all kinds of prayers in all kinds of ways. Pray for other people. Be aware of God's presence. Get in your Bible. Open your Bible. Look at the book of John, for example, or go to the book of Proverbs and read and soak up God's truth. And then every moment that you can think about it, man, surrender your life to Christ. Knowing that God doesn't expect you to be perfect. In fact, because you're not perfect, that's why Christ came. Christ came to forgive you. So you don't have to be perfect, but you also don't have to be a slave to your desires. So walk in the spirit and walk in victory. I pray you will want that for your life because that's really what I want for mine. Let's pray together. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, this world is shooting those flaming arrows at us everywhere we go. And I get to a place like um, the desert and life is hard and difficult and, and we just wanna feel better and we make radical, immediate decisions that really have profound impact on our lives. So may we sit here today and just desire to walk in the spirit that we would surrender to you, that we'd seek your truth that we'd put on the full armor that you've provided for us so that we can be victorious in life. May we, may we as your children figure out how to find real freedom as we walk in your spirit. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.